Hello and welcome to the Mindful in Minutes podcast, a guided meditations podcast brought to you by Yoga For You. I'm Kelly and today I'll be leading you through your meditation. So go ahead and get comfortable, settle in, and enjoy your meditation practice. This episode is brought to you by Organifi. You've seen me sharing Organifi over on my social media now, and I am so excited to be telling them about you here on the podcast. So here's the deal. Your body is an amazing organic machine. It turns food into energy, it heals wounds, it supports your consciousness, and it works so hard for you every single day. But in order to do that, it needs the right fuel and signals to function at its best. And some of those signals include adaptogens. And you all know that I love adaptogens, which are compounds that balance hormones and help you deal with stress in a healthier way. And I've been using Organifi well before they were a sponsor of this podcast as a way to help support my body and give me a boost of energy, but also find that sense of calm. Because let me tell you, if there are two things I need in my life after a day of parenting pork chop and Mila, it is both energy and a sense of calm. And in order to do this, I've started a little ritual, which includes Organifi's green juice powder in the morning, and then a glass of Harmony at night to help balance my hormones and reduce bloating. So if you want to try Organifi, you can. Now with 20% off your order just for our Mindful in Minutes community. You'll go to www.organifi.com mindful and use code mindful at checkout for 20% off your order. That's Organifi.com slash mindful and use code mindful for 20% off any item. And now on with the episode. Hello, my friends. Welcome to this freeform episode. So if you're looking for a meditation, you're not going to get it in this episode, but we are going to be exploring a very highly requested topic, which is building self-confidence. So how do we build it? What is contributing to low self-confidence? How can we be more confident, but not fuel our ego or, you know, become arrogant or feel arrogant? All the things. So as you are listening to this episode right now, if you're listening when it's released either Friday or this weekend, then you probably know that I'm currently on my first retreat back in the post-pandemic pregnancy, post-motherhood, post-world turning upside down um, era. So if you're listening to this in real time, go ahead over uh, to my Instagram, which is at yoga for you online. I'll link it in the show notes and you can see like behind the scenes and just you can see what's going on over there. You can see what it's like to be on a retreat with me. I'll be sharing all the behind the scenes. We're going to try to do some whale watching. You know, I've got to go see my whales. And I know that a lot of you wanted to go on this retreat um, and that it sold out before you got the chance to join. So this is my way of kind of sharing, you know, some of those elements. And if you do want to come and retreat with me this year or by this year, I mean like this, you know, in the next 12 months, um, make sure that you're on the wait list because that's where you get that first chance to sign up before anyone else. So if you want to be on that list, either send me an email, which is info at yoga or send me a DM on Instagram and make sure you're, you tell me what email address you want on there and I'll make sure to add you because I'm hoping to maybe possibly announce something 
um, very, very, very soon. So I would make sure that I'm either on that list or following me over on Instagram. So that is that. Let's dive into confidence. Like I said, this is such a highly requested episode. I feel like every time I open up what I call the request line and, you know, I either like just put, you know, an an IG story up or send, you know, to my newsletter and say, what topics do you want covered? Confidence is always in there and it's a bunch of people asking for it and I'm I'm excited to finally dive into it. So let's first explore what does confidence look like or what does confidence mean? So for me, I think about confidence as the ability to trust in your abilities and skills, to allow yourself to be heard and seen and to step into your light and be unapologetic about who you are and what you bring to the table. And, you know, I think that it's important to highlight that confidence is also that you trust yourself and that you have an overall positive attitude towards who you are and what you do. And I think it's important to distinguish that confidence can show up in different places. Like it's very possible to feel confident in one aspect of our life, but to feel not so confident in another aspect, or to recognize that sometimes experiences in our life or people or situations can really kind of deteriorate our confidence at times and that there can be ebbs and flows and that that's okay. And that you also can just feel like you generally want to build some more confidence. And that's all good. That's all okay. And what I wanted to really dive into today is kind of exploring confidence in general, why it's so hard, you know, what it looks like, and then ways to build that up. And then also kind of share some of my own personal self-confidence journey and how I personally built up some of my confidence specifically around like my teaching and allowing myself to kind of step into that teacher light because that was really, really hard for me. And I also want to make it clear, I'm going to use self-confidence broadly here. So of course, there's self-esteem, there's self-efficacy, self-confidence, right? And they're all a little bit different. But instead of diving into all of these different things, I'm just going to kind of use the blanket term of confidence to really stand in place for, you know, our our self-esteem, our self-confidence, the way we feel about ourselves, our abilities, all of that. So Yeah. So why is it so hard to be confident? So I I always like to make a few notes before I sit down and record these episodes because otherwise, I mean, you know me, you don't become a podcaster because, you know, you you certainly don't like to talk. And I feel like sometimes, you know, I can just kind of bob and weave. And if, you know, we've ever had a conversation in real life, I just love, you know, the organic conversation. I like letting it flow. So without some notes, I don't necessarily always stay on track. But when I wrote down why is it so hard to be confident, this really made me pause and think because for myself, like I know that self-confidence is hard and I know that a lot of us struggle with it, but I had to kind of take a minute to stop and step back and look at like, but why is it so hard? Why is it so hard to be confident and to also build this confidence? And so what I kind of came up with when I was reflecting on this is a few things, right? It's it's always, you know, a multi-pronged approach um, as, you know, everything is, right? And so it starts at such a young age, especially if you're a woman, 
right? We're taught to question ourselves, to make ourselves small, to make ourselves agreeable. And we're also constantly compared to others, right? So we're compared to our siblings. We're compared to our classmates. We're compared to our teammates. We're compared to, you know, other women or we're compared to other men. And we're sort of taught to compete and to always compete to be the best and to be number one and to kind of be like that top dog. And this is something that like it is so ingrained in just our society. And I even see it in myself now with little like baby pork chop. And sometimes like, um, you know, my family and I will kind of it's sort of this inside joke or whatever that, you know, we'll say, oh, you know, he's he's gifted. Right. Because everyone thinks that their child is like amazing and the most gifted and like this future like Einstein, right? They look at their baby and they like hiccup a cute way and you're like, oh, I knew it. He's a genius. But so we kind of like joke about that. But in a way, it really speaks to how people and us as a society, we start seeing how we as people or we as babies measure up or compare to others, right? Like, when are we hitting these milestones? Oh, my baby hit this milestone before yours. Like, does this mean that he's you know, more gifted and fine motor skills. Like these are the things right from the get-go, right? Like right, you know, out of the womb, we start doing this and comparing. And this can really set us up to either perhaps have inflated confidence, which sometimes, and I'm not going to say, you know, all men are one way, all women are another way. That's not what I'm saying. But I have noticed even in, you know, the way that like, I, you know, show up in the world as a woman versus the way that my husband shows up in the world as a man and how kind of the world treats us just because of our different genders. And so sometimes I think that we can really kind of, you know, build up our men and we can really encourage them to, you know, pursue and to be ambitious and to be the best And that this can sometimes cause an inflated ego where from my lived experience as a woman, I think that it's more common to teach your women to kind of question and to take a step back and to observe and to, you know, maybe be ambitious, but, you know, only up until the point when it's time to, you know, settle down and have a family or whatever it is, right? So almost from the get-go, we are kind of messing with people's confidence either one way or another. And I think that it is so clear that our society is not necessarily one that is super conducive to just a nice, healthy dose of confidence, right? We have, of course, this this instantaneous like comparison of, you know, yourself to everyone else at at all stages of life, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in school, whether it's just, you know, socially, whatever it is. And then, of course, we have the media that's telling us, you know, what is what is good or what is bad or what is, you know, desirable or not desirable, whether it's a certain appearance or a certain body shape or, you know, a certain thing like an item that you need to have or even, you know, an idea of, you know, an I, you know, what you should not only have material goods, but like have in your life, right? Like this idea of like, oh, well, by the time I'm 30, I should have a husband and a family, right? We have kind of all this noise around us that's telling us what is desirable or undesirable, what's good and bad, what we should have and want, and what we should not have and want. And that can truly, that's just, that's just noise, right? But 
The noise is still loud. And these are things that even if we try to, no matter how hard you try to, you know, get yourself away from that, you're still kind of absorbing it at every at every turn. And and there's these messages that we're given that pretty much, you know, always tell us how we don't measure up, right? If we don't look like the people that we see on TV or in magazines, or we don't have the things that, you know, social media tells us we should have. And we kind of look at the world through this warped lens that just the greater kind of world of like social media and, you know, media like print media. And, you know, I feel like I sound... (laughs) I think I sound like 90 years old. I'm like, the media. But you guys know what I mean, right? Just all the things that we consume, the the magazines, social media, Pinterest, TV, movies, right? All, all the things, all the influencers we see on Instagram, right? This is all contributing to how we feel about ourselves. And this can really wear us down over time. And then we often find ourselves as adults in situations where we aren't really encouraged to be confident or we're constantly criticized or brought down or the environment that we're in, the space that we're surrounded by isn't always the best to really cultivate our confidence. And there is, you know, a certain element too. We don't always, you know, like a particularly confident woman. And again, this isn't just, I'm not just speaking to, you know, my, my women here, but for those of you that are listening, and I know not all of this audience, but the majority of this audience is women, right? We, we all know what it feels like to have someone try to make us feel smaller and to feel like, you know, we are, labeled a certain term or a certain way when we are just being confident or letting ourselves be seen or standing in our light. And that's something that can be really hard and our environment might not be a conducive, healthy, confidence-building environment. And then we also, from a young age, we build these unhealthy habits of negative self-talk, right? So we start to believe this narrative that we aren't good enough or that we are lacking. And then it's just this self-fulfilling prophecy, right? We're just kind of spinning the toilet bowl and going round and round and round in this habit of negative self-talk. So not only are we getting all of this noise about how we're not good enough from the outside in, we're also then feeding it to ourselves from the inside out. And then finally, we live in a society that is always keeping score, right? Always keeping score, always comparing, always wanting to see how we measure up, which Anytime you're trying to see how you measure up, I promise you it's it's never the math will never quite work out for you, right? There there will always be someone doing it better than you. There will always be someone doing it worse than you, and that's just the way that it is. And if we're always trying to fit ourselves, right? If we feel like we're a circle and we're just trying to smash ourselves into a square-shaped hole, it's just not going to work. But if the world says you need to be a square to be able to fit into this thing, you're going to feel like you're not good enough because you aren't that. You aren't that thing. So when I really try to just boil it down, I'm like, why is it so hard to be confident? We really aren't set up for success in terms of confidence from the get-go. And I think it's important to recognize that it's not you know, it might not just be you. You might not be just, you know, that person that just really struggles with self-confidence. Something that we all struggle with because we're set up in this society and in this environment that really isn't a healthy confidence building society. 
And we also typically innately have some tendencies to engage in some negative self-talk and to feel like we aren't good enough. So something that I just, you know, wanted to share in terms of, you know, just I just kind of wanted to normalize these struggles a little bit, I guess, by kind of sharing just my own confidence journey because I really, I don't want, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I really like, I just, I feel like worthless. I feel like, you know, I don't have any confidence. I don't believe in myself. Like I'm really struggling with this. I just want you to know that you are not alone at all. And this is something that I've really struggled with. And it's something that has taken me years to really work on building up my confidence. So I wanted to share just a little story that I call how I almost failed yoga school. And basically, you know, and obviously I'm here right now. I have a company called Yoga For You. I did ultimately not fail yoga school. I promise if you've ever trained with me, I promise I'm legit. Um, You know, I have all the pieces of paper to prove it. But when I first taught my, it was like my teaching practicum. So I was in my 200 hour teacher training. This is my first yoga teacher training. And I had to teach a portion of a class um, to my my peers, my cohort. And it was like a group teach, which, you know, for my yoga teachers out there or anyone out there, group work is hard. And I had to teach like, you know, a third of a class, right? So about 20 minutes. I'm not kidding when I say that I was like sick over this. And I know that this is common because now as the person who teaches the yoga teachers and every time we do some kind of a teaching practicum, I hear just about how nervous you are and you're like, no, 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 please don't make me teach. I'm scared. I'm nervous. What if I mess up? All of this, right? So these feelings that I was having, they they weren't atypical, but they certainly weren't pleasant. And now looking back, I think it's so funny because my way of like, hyping myself up or like preparing to teach this class was making sure that like I looked nice, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? But making sure I had like a really like quote, like cool outfit and that my hair looked really nice. And then I was teaching like for my yoga teachers out there, I was teaching like the peak pose section. So it's kind of like the apex of the class. So the point of the class where you're teaching, you know, maybe a more challenging pose, you've kind of been working up to this point throughout your whole sort of vinyasa sequence. So I decided that I was going to um, pick a really, really, really hard, challenging pose, not only do, but also to teach, right? Why I thought I would do this, I think, honestly, I think because I really felt just so lacking in terms of my confidence as a teacher that I felt like if somehow I like looked really cute and I managed to be like, look, I can do Bird of Paradise, which was the pose, I can do Bird of Paradise, that that somehow would like make me a better teacher. So I decided I was going to do this pose, Bird of Paradise. If you're not sure what it is, it's basically, it's like you kind of um, like wrap your arms around one leg and then you stand up and the the leg that your arms are around, um, you kind of like straighten it. It's, It's kind of hard to explain via like podcast out seeing it. So if you're somewhere safe, you could like Google it really quick, but don't Google it in the car. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do Bird of Paradise. And up until that point, so it's my turn, it's time for me to teach. And I go up there and I like sit on the front of my mat and I turn into like this tiny, like little, like I start, I start speaking with like this really soft voice and I'm like, um, hello everyone. I'm Kelly. Welcome 
to my yoga class and I was speaking softly. I was like trying to like make myself small. I wouldn't make eye contact with everyone. And it was, it was bad. Like when I say I was bombing, I mean, I was bombing like to the point where I finally got, you know, the, the guts to like look at, you know, my, my peers and, and they're all kind of like side-eyeing each other. Like, Ooh, this is not going well for Kelly. And so like they knew it, I knew it. My teachers in the back, they were taking notes. We all knew this wasn't going well. So we get to Bird of Paradise. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to try to just do this Bird of Paradise. And I completely botched it. I was telling people to bind around the wrong leg. I was, you know, trying to have them stand up. And again, like I'm teaching other like yoga teacher training students. So they all know what Bird of Paradise is. They all know this isn't going well. And it wasn't until I seriously thought that I like had failed yoga school and I could tell like it just I I cannot, you know, I can't emphasize enough, friends. This was not going well for me. And it wasn't until I was like, okay, like screw it. This is not going well. And I just stopped and I just looked around and I kind of like threw my notes to the side and I was like, well, these birds are not flying. And I was like, let's start again. Everyone just release your bind, come to the top of the mat. And it wasn't until I thought I had basically failed yoga school and they weren't going to let me graduate anyways that I was like, okay, screw it. Like, I'm just going to sort of do this my way. And I kind of just let myself be seen because it was sort of like the stakes had been removed because I already thought that I had just like failed. There's no way they were going to let me like, you know, complete this class and be like, yes, you can be a yoga teacher now. And it wasn't until I really threw out the one. I was like, okay, screw this. These birds are not flying. Everyone pause, reset. Let's give it a whirl. And I, I kind of in that moment let myself be seen. I, you know, embraced the fact that this wasn't really going well. And I started then to kind of speak from my own voice and teach in a way that was much more authentically me. And those of you that have taken a class with me in person, you know that that's probably, you know, that's something that I would say if, if, you know, and I'm very much a human. So if you say, you know, if I have someone step forward with the wrong foot or, you know, I give the wrong instruction and then I look and people are like, what's going on? I'm just like, oh, oops, sorry. (laughs) These birds aren't flying. Let's try again. And it wasn't until I thought I had failed that then I could kind of let some of that pressure go and let myself be seen and finish out the class in a way that was, you know, probably still not great, but definitely in an improvement. And when I got my feedback from that class, from, you know, the people that were evaluating me, they noticed the same thing. They were like, you know, they they very nicely, of course, gave me my constructive criticism, which there was a lot of it. And it, they were like, you know, like we know you so well because we've, you know, spent 200 hours with you and we didn't see you until you thought you had failed. And then you're like, okay, well, this is already a disaster. So, you know, I might as well sink this ship my way. And that moment was so profound to me because it it just spoke so loudly to one, what a lack of confidence I had in myself as a teacher and in my abilities to teach and lead yoga classes, which is important to recognize about yourself if you have a dream of becoming a yoga teacher. And it also spoke to how different things can be when you do come from a place of authenticity and dare I say a little bit of confidence, right? When you let yourself be seen, when you step out of your comfort zone and you embrace your imperfections and your humanity and you live from that space. So the reason I tell you this story about how I almost failed yoga school um, is to just highlight that 
I certainly am not immune to having a lack of confidence. And one of my biggest struggles, I would say, for my first few years as a yoga teacher was building up my confidence. So I did ultimately get the opportunity to kind of, you know, take another crack at my teaching. And, you know, I didn't fail yoga school, but I still really, really struggled when I first started teaching. And I struggled with my confidence. I knew the poses. I knew how to sequence. I knew modification. I knew all of the things that I needed to offer a strong yoga class, but I had zero belief in myself that I could actually do it. Um, you know, I've, I know I've talked about it before on this podcast, but, you know, I have ADHD. I have dyslexia. I have always struggled with, you know, traditional school, right? And And I felt like my whole life I just had to, like, scrape by to get through, like, School. So when I hear, you know, tests or exams or that sort of thing, I, I fall back on that narrative of, you know, lacking, of not being good enough, of being bad at taking tests, right? Being being bad in school. And you can't see if I'm doing that with like air quotes because this is the narrative I'm telling myself. I also had this big complex about being so young. So when I first started teaching, I was 22. I just turned 22. And all of my students were like at a minimum double my age. And I I don't know why that freaked me out so much, but I just struggled with the fact of, and it was like I was telling myself this narrative about how these people as, you know, students must be looking at me like, oh, this little baby, what does she know about yoga? She has no life experience. How can she teach me when she's so much younger than me? I don't think anyone else in that class is really thinking that. I just was thinking that and getting in my own head and having no confidence in the fact that, you know, I still could have these skills and do these things and teach these classes even if I was young. So I was in, you know, my head about that and that gave me, you know, a little bit of imposter syndrome there and and wanting to kind of show up as someone else because it was like I didn't feel like just the 22-year-old me that just graduated yoga teacher training was was good enough. And I also was really struggling at this time at allowing myself to be physically seen. I was having a really, really hard time with my body image, with the relationship with my body, the relationship that I have between food and my body and my appearance and not like physically wanting people to really see me because I was feeling so insecure and had really, really low self-worth in terms around, you know, around my, my physical appearance and my body. So this was kind of like the perfect cocktail for struggle when becoming, you know, not just a yoga teacher, but pursuing something that requires you to be confident, to be seen, to, you know, be self-assured and to, you know, really kind of just be in front of people's eyes. And so I had to really, really work on these things. And I recognized in myself that I was struggling with this, that I had low confidence, especially when it came to the way that I thought of myself and saw myself as a yoga teacher. And if I was really going to be able to live my dream of teaching yoga and being a teacher, being a leader, and you know what ultimately turned into this business and this podcast and all the things, I was really going to have to work on it. I was going to have to do a lot of, you know, self-reflection. I was going to have to do a lot of deep internal work. And that's that's what I did in order to be able to, over time, build up my confidence and to allow myself to show up as the teacher that I wanted to be for, you know, for my students and also for myself. So like I said, it took years and over time, I, you know, some of the things that I did, I began to really study and become like a true student of yoga because for me, 
I never want to feel like I'm teaching something that I don't have at least a good understanding about, right? That feels so inauthentic to me. I like to teach and share what I know. So I really became a student. I increased my knowledge. I was reading books, listening to podcasts, going to different classes, doing all the things, right? So that I could really build up my confidence in the knowledge that I had around yoga and and meditation as well. And then I also started to, um, you know, make myself a little uncomfortable. So what I mean by that is I began to, you know, I, I started asking for feedback at the end of classes, which is definitely an exercise in vulnerability. And I wasn't just like, oh, if you have any feedback, let me know. I would say, um, you know, thank you so much for coming. Um, you know, if you have any feedback for me, whether it's positive or constructive, because I'm going to talk about the... <laughs> non-constructive, not helpful feedback in a moment. Um, You know, if there's anything that you want to share with me, um, I'm really working on growing as a yoga teacher and I want to be able to best show up for my students. So if you have any feedback for me that you think would be of value, um, you know, I'd love to hear it. And I genuinely asked for feedback and then I genuinely took the feedback. And that was hard, right? And it, it was vulnerable. It was scary. And I had to learn how to listen to constructive criticism, right? So constructive criticism and feedback only. So I had to learn how to not only decipher between what is good and helpful feedback and what is not. And that took some time. I had to distinguish between, um, you know, what is just someone's opinion versus what is someone's feedback, right? If someone said, um, you know, I loved class, but I really didn't care for the music that you played today. It's just not my style of music. That's someone's opinion. They personally don't care for, you know, that style of music versus feedback would be someone saying, you know, I I really enjoyed class, but um, it was a little bit harder for me to hear you in the back row today because of the level of the music, right? So that's actual feedback where I say, oh, okay, the, the levels of music, you know, versus my voice wasn't quite right. I can adjust that going forward. Then I also had to learn how to take a compliment. And that was almost harder than learning how to take constructive feedback because I had to learn to, you know, value myself and also be like, okay, this person just said something nice to me. Like, what do I do with that? And and taking it and not in a way that like fueled my ego, but just taking it and letting it feel nice and also letting it, you know, start to feed the narrative of, you know, I am a good yoga teacher right? I can teach yoga classes. So I had to learn how to take compliments too, which is really, really, really hard. Um, I also began to look at my body as a vehicle for the practice and not as a way of comparing myself to other teachers or other students or feeling like, oh, I, you know, look this way in this shirt and then letting that really kind of make me feel insecure. And then I don't teach as well because I'm worried about the way that I'm looking and just remembering like my body was a vehicle for the practice. It was another teaching tool. And that was beautiful and that was important and I should honor my body. So kind of changing the narrative around that. And then I also really worked on what I called building up my confidence bank account, which is what we're about to dive into where I'm going to kind of share different ways that you can build your self-confidence. And it's basically this idea that like if your confidence is like a bank account, right, that every action that you do, everything that you do is either a deposit into that bank account or a withdrawal. So every time you engage in like negative self-talk or you have feelings of lack or you compare yourself to someone else, those are all withdrawals from the confidence bank account, right? And sometimes other people can make withdrawals too. They can say unkind things. They can be judgmental, whatever it is, right? That's all withdrawals. 
I wanted to focus on putting a lot of deposits into my confidence bank account so that I would build up the balance. So that was things like being able to take compliments and, you know, listening to them and also, you know, reframing my the way I was looking at my body and how it was used as a yoga teacher and having it be a a teaching tool and a vehicle to the practice, Um, you know, engaging a more positive self-talk, letting myself be seen. Every time I'd show up and teach a yoga class and be a little uncomfy with it, but doing it anyways and facing that fear, that was a deposit into that bank account. So I really focused on every day doing things that would add a little bit um, to my confidence bank account. So then over time, I was kind of building up that overall confidence and that overall confidence balance. And, you know, I really had to then dive deep again on this when I began teaching trainings, because that same kind of old mindset of like, oh, you're not good enough. Like, who are you to be teaching teachers? Like, what do you really know? What will people think? Um, You know, what if no one shows up, right? Like all these things that kind of crept back in. And so I had to revisit this, you know, same kind of tactic of, Focusing on my positive self-talk, like allowing myself to be seen, becoming a, a student, really embarking on like this journey of knowledge and building up that self-confidence bank account. And and over time, that's how I found that I could really cultivate my own confidence so that now I feel like when I really show up to teach a class that I allow myself to be seen and that I can show up in the way that I want to for my students. Because it's so important to me that every time I show up and I step on that mat that I am there to serve my students and to give them the experience and the practice and the journey that they want and also need. And in order to do that, I need to feel good and confident about my ability to do so. So we're going to take one quick break and then I'm going to tell you about how you can build your self-confidence. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service that has helped over 2 million people worldwide with their 20 plus thousand therapist network that has a wide range of expertise, which may not be locally available in many areas. I have loved BetterHelp for almost two years now, and perhaps one of my favorite parts about BetterHelp is just how quick and easy it is for me to connect with my therapist through weekly video or phone sessions that I can do from anywhere and at any any time that fits into my life. And I also get to avoid the time that it takes to drive to and from in-person sessions, and I never have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room again. Not to mention, BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline therapy. And now, just for my mindfulness listeners, you can save 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com minutes. That's betterhelp.com minutes to say today. And now, on with the episode. Okay, we are back. Did you like that? Friends, therapy. I'm telling you, it is the real deal. No joke. Therapy. It's lovely. All right. Let's talk about how you can build your self-confidence, right? How can you build your confidence bank account? Different ways that you can really work on building that self-esteem and cultivating confidence. So the first thing is that you're going to need to reflect. So reflect on how have you gotten to this space of low confidence? You could journal about it. You could meditate on it. You could just do some quiet contemplation to really reflect on this, but really thinking about like what is contributing 
to my lack of confidence or my low self-esteem? And there is an answer there, right? It could be it's the environment you're in. It could be society. It could be a situation or a person that you interact with. It could just be that you hold a deep-seated belief that you just aren't good enough reflect on this not in a way to just you know dig yourself deeper in that hole of like feeling bad about yourself but if we don't identify like where is this coming from it's going to be really hard to do the work and to try to reverse that and start moving into a space of more confidence so making sure that we're reflecting first then you're going to need to really question that inner critic that inner mean girl and you're going to question them and silence them with facts and compassion so those inner critics those inner mean girls, they hate the facts, right? They hate the truth. They like to just kind of, you know, spread those lies. They like to gossip a little bit. They like to kind of get in your ear and say, oh, Kelly, you know, people, everyone's thinking about how you're so much younger than them. And you're really going to have to question this inner critic. And the way that you're going to do that is you're truly just going to question them when they say, oh, Kelly, you know, everyone must be thinking about how you don't know anything because you're the same age as their children, right? I'm going to question that. And I'm going to be like, really? Do I really think they're thinking about that? And then I'm going to silence them with fact, right? So if the inner critic is saying, you're the worst yoga teacher ever, you suck, facts, they say no. It's, you know, most likely, am I really the worst in the whole world? Probably not. In fact, the odds might say that I'm probably at least average, right? If the critic is saying, you know, am I am I really too young to be able to teach adults? The facts say, no, you're not. And then I'm going to question that and I'm going to refute the facts and say, no, actually, you know, I I'm are many yoga teachers that are younger than me. Very many well-established, respected yoga teachers like my age is just a number. It does not dictate, you know, how good of a teacher I am. And then start to change the way that you speak to yourself, right? So confidence comes from within. And if you are your own biggest critic and biggest mean girl, it's going to be hard to get anywhere. So not only questioning the inner critic and then trying to silence them with facts, but really trying to, you know, reduce the amount of negative self-talk that you have within yourself and to focus more on some of that positive self-talk, being your biggest cheerleader, and just changing your mindset and your practices around that. You could also work on making yourself a little uncomfortable. So growth happens outside of your comfort zone. We know this, right? This means that you are going to have to step outside of your comfort zone to really get somewhere. You're going to have to let yourself be seen. You're going to have to speak up. You're going to have to say no. You're going to have to do daring things. And every time that you do something new and scary and you realize that you're okay or you're like, oh, you know, I'm okay or that wasn't that bad or I survived it, that is a huge deposit into the confidence bank account, right? So for me, that looked like every time I showed up to teach a class and I showed up, I put a smile on my face even if I was feeling a little nervous about it and I gave it 100% my all and I survived it and dare I say sometimes it went well, then I slowly over time began to build my confidence as a teacher. So really making sure that you're making yourself a little bit uncomfortable, stepping outside of that comfort zone, letting yourself be seen and just you know expanding that comfort zone a little bit every time. And whenever you do something that's a little uncomfy, a little scary and you survive and you did it, That is a huge deposit into that confidence bank account. Next is you're going to take inventory of your surroundings and the people in it. And as I said that, I I want to clarify one thing. So 
this isn't necessarily like the order you have to do these things in. Um, these are just kind of like different things that you can, you know, pick and choose based on what you need. So take inventory of your surroundings and the people in it. So who are you surrounding yourself with? Are they people that are making, you know, matching contributions into your confidence bank account? Or are they kind of withdrawing, you know, right next to you on the sly? Make sure and do your best to surround yourself with people who love you, who believe in you, who want to build you up and want you to feel good about yourself, right? They want you to see yourself in the wonderful, beautiful light that they see you in. Try your best to surround yourself with people like this. I know we can't always avoid people that are kind of like energetic vampires and like, you know, sucking that goodness and that life out of you, but try your best to spend less time around the people that are withdrawing from that bank account and more time with people that are making matching, you know, contributions. And remember that it's it's twofold again. So this goes back to that self-talk. So it comes from within right? So we need to make sure we're surrounding ourselves with wonderful supporting people while also working on being a wonderful supportive person for ourselves, right? So you don't have to make it any harder on yourself by surrounding yourself with people who don't really want the best for you or are overly critical or unkind, but also making sure that, you know, you're building yourself up as well. And I know that this often happens in the workplace. And although you can't necessarily just like get up and leave your job because people aren't you know, great to you or don't, you know, build you up or create a positive work environment, you can ask for respect, which is my next kind of confidence building thing, which is demand the respect that you deserve. I don't even like saying, you know, asking for respect. Like, I'm sorry, at this point, just demand your respect. So when you are not treated with respect, let people know that that's not okay, that you won't stand for it. And don't be afraid to make other people feel a little uncomfy sometimes and just politely but firmly ask for your respect. Just, you'll ask for it, kind of pause and hold. So for example, if someone says something that's making you feel uncomfortable, maybe in the workplace or, you know, in Target or whatever, you just say, that comment makes me feel really uncomfortable. And you could just leave it at that. You could just say, that comment really makes me feel uncomfortable. Full stop, you know, look them in the eye and just, you know, lay it on them. Be like, I mean, if someone's trying to make you feel uncomfortable, they know what they're doing or they aren't aware of what they're doing. And you saying that comment makes me feel really uncomfortable is going to be a little bit of a teaching moment for them to recognize why that comment may make other people feel uncomfortable. So you can just say that comment makes me feel really uncomfortable. You could say that comment makes me feel really uncomfortable. Um, Can you please speak to me with respect and dignity? Um, I come up with this a lot now as a parent, right? So I sometimes find myself saying, I know you don't agree or like that I am raising my child this way, but as pork chops mom, I'm just asking you to respect that this is the decision I've made based on the information that I have and what I believe is the best choice for my child and my family. I have absolutely found myself saying that a few times, right? So I'm just going to say, you know, you don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. You just have to respect it. And then boom, lay it there. I look them in the eye when I say that. And then I just wait for their response. So I know that it's hard and I know that it's scary. Excuse me. And you can really kind of build up your confidence in this way. You can kind of, you know, think of it as like exercising a muscle where you can start small and start asking for respect in small little places here and there. And then, you know, Over time, you'll get more and more comfortable or you'll feel like you're more and more able to speak up for yourself. So you can start small and then build up. Um, But if you're going to build up that confidence, I mean, nothing, 
I don't know if there's much that is a bigger confidence bank account sort of deposit than being able to stand up for yourself and ask for the respect that you deserve. And then it's important to remember that you need to accept your humanity. So we are all human, which means we are flawed, and that's okay. Embrace your flaws. Embrace your insecurities. Embrace the parts of you that are human because as cheesy as it sounds, that really is the part of you that makes you unique and makes you wonderful and beautiful and creative and one of a kind. So we all have flaws including me, including you, including everyone. And that's okay. That's what makes us human. That's what makes us, you know, who we are. So do your best to just accept the fact that you're a human, that you're going to make mistakes, that you have flaws, you have insecurities, and that that's okay. And is there a way that we can kind of embrace that side of us and, you know, kind of give it a little love, a big hug, and still live life and allow ourselves to be seen even with these, you know, flaws or shortcomings or however you want to acknowledge it. And this is also a way that when you accept your humanity, it helps to kind of keep you in check and grounded as well, right? So remembering that we can make mistakes, that sometimes we are wrong. Sometimes, you know, we are misinformed. Sometimes we, you know, held a belief that turned out to be harmful or untrue, right? So accepting your humanity really will help you to kind of move past some of that negative self-talk and to maybe start working on building up that confidence. Then making sure that you're taking action and facing your fears and letting yourself be seen. So remember, you can think about these things all the time, but you need to take action on them. So small steps every day to work on building up a little bit of confidence, making that small little deposit into your confidence bank account, just this tiny little here and there, right? Taking action every day, doing one little thing to help build your confidence, letting yourself be seen, doing a little thing that pushes you out of your comfort zone a little bit, that maybe is a little bit scary. Maybe you, you know, speak up or when someone asks you, how are you doing? You answer truthfully instead of saying, oh, I'm good. You say, you know, actually, I've kind of been struggling a little bit. Or is it when someone asks you your opinion, you know, you give it. When someone, when you're in a meeting and someone asks for feedback, you give it or you contribute, right? You you wear what you want. You, you know, do what feels good. You don't allow yourself to be afraid to be seen. So really taking action, facing those fears, letting yourself be seen, and doing one little thing every day to really contribute to building your confidence. And then the last kind of tip that I have for building your confidence is to do practices like journaling, using mantras, and honoring yourself. So if you can, I encourage you to maybe, if you're like a writer, you like to write, maybe start a kindness journal or write yourself a love letter. So you can either just write yourself a love letter and, you know, Dear Kelly... Today, you did an awesome job of being present while you're playing with pork chop or whatever, right? You can write yourself a little letter, you know, I respect this about you. You can start a kindness journal where you just, you know, write kind things about yourself and to yourself in this journal. You can also journal about something that you did well or something that you're proud of um, every single day. And this really helps to build up that confidence and to change that narrative from I'm not good enough, I'm not doing enough, I don't like myself, to, you know, here's something nice about myself. Here's something that I am proud of that I did. Here's something I admire about myself. You know, writing yourself a little love letter. You can also meditate working on either manifesting confidence or I find that using mantras is a really powerful practice when it comes to building up your confidence. And I'm going to be helping you out with that um, because Sunday's meditation is going to be a guided practice um, using mantras for confidence. 
And also making sure that you're honoring and taking care of yourself. So this could be by fueling yourself well with nourishing foods, with speaking kindly to yourself, doing yoga, taking breaks, resting, having fun, learning new things, and taking care of yourself and honoring yourself and making it a priority because you do deserve those things. You do deserve to be happy. You do deserve to feel good about yourself, to feel good, to have fun, to do all of these things. And once you see yourself in that light and you value yourself, it becomes much easier to then build your confidence because you already have kind of that self-value piece. So those are kind of my thoughts. That's what I had to share with you about cultivating confidence in your life. Just remember, take it day by day, one day at a time. Be patient. Be kind to yourself. Don't be afraid to see the beauty and the radiance within. I know that sounds so cheesy, but it's true. Like you are this beautiful, vibrant, unique, one of a kind being. Like let others see that and know your own magic and let other people experience it too. Speak to yourself the way that you would a dear friend. Remember that what you tell yourself might not be accurate. So let's work on changing that narrative. And know that you are a wonderful, deserving person. And it's okay to be human and to let yourself be seen. So those are my thoughts on confidence. I hope that you have a few things you can take away and feel like you can work on and that you can start building that confidence that you want and that you deserve and that will feel so, so good as you continue to build it. So I think you're amazing. You're doing an amazing job. I wish you all the luck on your confidence journey and I am sending you a big hug.